Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Peace and love. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Welcome to episode three, and right now it's a series about tattoo culture in the Bay Area that we're calling Permanent Behavior. So far, we've discussed cholo-style lettering with Miguel Bounce Perez and stick-and-poke or hand-poke tattoos with Sophia Bloom, a.k.a. P.O. Poke. Both of those folks are deep into their craft. Not super vets, but clearly not rookies either. But today we're talking to someone who's got their feet in two worlds when it comes to body art. A vet in one lane and a rookie in another. I feel like mastering a craft to being a full amateur. (laughs) Sabrina Huck is a renowned Mindy or henna artist. You can usually find her at bridal showers, birthday parties, and maternity shoots, adorning her clients with intricate designs drawn out in a dark brown paste. She even does breakup henna and minna, a.k.a. henna for men. I wanted to invite anybody from any walk of life, any gender, to come into my studio and experience this art. Her craft, originally introduced to her by our Pakistani family members, is full of symmetric shapes and crisp lines. With henna, we are molding the henna paste on top of the skin, almost like frosting a cake. And then with tattooing, got this vibrating machine and you're trying to get it in at the perfect angle, the perfect depth, the perfect speed to pull these lines on people's skin is different. Over the past few years, Sabrina has been making the transition from working with the impermanent dyes of henna to the long lasting ink of tattoos. As we continue to explore ideas of impermanence and permanence through this art that many of us get during life's transitions, we're talking to Sabrina about it all. So roll up your sleeves. We've got her story for you right after this message. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Right now-ish. Let's start at the start. How'd you get into this form of art? So I was raised in a very traditional South Asian, Pakistani, Muslim household. And my mother, she would send me to Pakistan with my grandmother. Grandma was kind of, she liked to party. So we would go from wedding home to wedding home. And there I started to learn about um, henna, also known as mindi. Mainly is a term that is used in the South Asian community. And that's where it kind of started was a uh, wedding popping with my grandmother. <laughs> Ice grandma was a partier. I like that. She um, was VIP. Everybody knew her and loved her. And she loved to be around people. And I'm similar. I like to be around people. Henna is an important part of wedding rituals and birthday celebrations. But the original purpose wasn't just for aesthetics and ceremonies. It was quite practical, actually. Sabrina breaks it all down. So back in the day, it was for cooling. The plant itself is cooling. So when you mix the plant with lemon juice, sugar, and essential oils, that's how you make a natural henna paste. You apply it on uh, your canvas, which is skin, and that brings the body temperature down. For bridal henna, it's almost this time for the bride to just chill. And it makes sense, you know, it being a desert art for it to be used in that sort of medicinal way. Henna is done by people from so many different backgrounds, right? Yeah, let's talk about that. I think it's really important, actually, because henna is a natural plant dye. It is a leaf that grows on a bush. And it grows best in arid, dry climates. So desert areas, you'll see it in the Middle East, in um, Africa, in Southeast Asia. India really popularized it with the wedding traditions and introduced it to the world. You know, Indian culture in general is so extra. We just do more, more intricate, more goal, more everything. But if you go to parts of Africa, you'll see it being done in a very different way. The patterns are different even. And now, you know, with the internet and everything, now it's practiced all over the world. And that's that to me is one of the most beautiful things is to see how the art has evolved and how different people from different walks of life have used this natural plant died to sort of bring meaning to their lives and celebrate themselves. So that naturally brings us to the next question is with that expansion, how do you deal with folks from all around the world do- doing henna 
um, without crossing the line of cultural appropriation? You know, I think it's important with any sort of art or tradition or cultural practice to um, educate yourself about uh, where it comes from. You know, just even understanding that the plant grows in desert climates and so it is a desert art traditionally that's important and that's going to help you to do it in a respectful way and and that's really what it boils down to is you know what is this person's intention are they celebrating the culture or are they trying to take from the culture or look a certain way or be a certain way I think that's part of my journey is to educate people on where it comes from, what it means, um, those questions that always come up. I'm all for cultural competency. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So then the henna, once applied, um, after so many days, it disappears, no? Yeah, there's a beauty behind that, right? So, you know, it sets into a part of your skin and, you know, you have to let it rest on there the longer you keep that paste on your skin, the darker it'll be, the longer it'll last. And then as your skin renews, which is about, depending on the person, like a week to two weeks, seven to 11 days, that's when it starts to sort of raise and fade away. Physically, it disappears from the eye, but you've told me that there's something like almost metaphysical or spiritual about it like seeping in. Yeah, you know, once I started to be more focused on doing henna and just, you know, listening to the conversations I was having. People really want something that brings meaning into their life. This is an opportunity for people to set intentions while they receive their henna. And then as those, uh, as the henna fades, that's when the intentions deepen. Looking through your website, I saw different types of henna that you did do. And talking to you before, you mentioned something that uh, caught me off guard. Breakup henna. What, what, what is breakup henna? You know, being in these times of transition, like breakup henna, it makes people feel empowered. Like, this is for me, you know? And on top of that also, sometimes it attracts positive attention too like you're in a vulnerable place you get some henna and then you know people are seeing it they're complimenting it they're giving you this good energy and we all need a little bit of that <laughs> right especially right. the people breaking up you know they they need it too extra <laughs> have you ever done your own breakup henna oh my gosh yes I, henna is like my self-care ritual you know it's my time to slow down and appreciate myself my body who I am and where I've come so I, I do my best but you know you gotta let it dry <laughs> that's the hardest part it sounds like a lot of patience and like self-care time though like. yes yes when I was younger when I was uh, in Pakistan my aunties would say Whoever has the darkest stain and the cleanest henna is the most patient and graceful because you really have to just slow down and allow the pace to dry and set in. Be one with your intentions. Mm -hmm, you better. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I saw listed on your site is uh, Minna. <laughs> For those who don't know, what is Minna? 
traditionally you see henna as a female identifying like practice so you see the women get it done before the wedding the women get it done before the holidays and you know I'm a San Francisco artist I love San Francisco because people can just be themselves they can express themselves and I wanted to invite anybody from any walk of life any gender to come into my studio and experience this art a lot of my art is intuitive so to just sitting with someone and kind of feeling from them what kind of design to do because maybe you know maybe they want flowers or maybe they want something bold you know it can go anyway i mean it's beautiful work you know it, it looks um I'm, uh, tribal is the word that comes to mind but i'm sure it's, it's intricate it's like and, and bold the pieces that i've seen of it um i also just had a hard time wrapping my mind around me and the homies going to get mena all together at once it just you know as black men it's not something we would do i don't really have like a gang of guys coming together although that sounds really fun <laughs> i would support that fully you know maybe before a bachelor party or something right. fun like that this seems cool but you know, I'll have men coming before, like they're going on a boat trip or going to a festival or, you know, before a birthday trip, they'll come and like get something big and just enjoy it, you know, and then it fades. That's dope. Sticking with her flow, Sabrina's expanded her toolkit. She hasn't strayed when it comes to design style, but the application of the art is different now. The actual tool that you use to apply henna versus the tool that you use for tattooing, I'm assuming a tattoo gun, how, how do they differ? Okay, so it's super different. With henna, we are molding the henna paste on top of the skin, almost like frosting a cake. So I'm manipulating the paste to get thick and thin lines on top of the skin. And then with tattooing, got this vibrating machine and you're trying to get it in at the perfect angle the perfect depth the perfect speed to pull these lines on people's skin I feel really grateful to be able to have the opportunity to be in this industry it's not an easy industry to get into there's artists that are really interested but maybe may not have that mentorship and working over at gold leaf inc just being around other artists as well who are really talented being around my teacher i feel a sense of belonging i feel like i'm growing and that feels so good to be able to know that i can continue to grow as an artist and i'm meeting a whole new community of people in doing this series, I'm seeing that it doesn't always have to be a major point of transition. It can be that. There's meditative qualities to getting body art done as well. Um, and I think that's really what I'm interested in, like personally, beyond the reporting. You know, sometimes you want to feel something that is a choice and that is art and something that reflects like your power and your presence in this world. And just that reminder on your body, um, I get it. You know, there's this feeling that you have when you're sitting there and getting a tattoo. And um, yeah, you're just like feeling this on your body. It's 
a choice. It's empowering. That's got to be empowering. And then you become an art collector on your body. You're just collecting art from different artists that that you know you like, or you know, just getting dumb shit, whatever. Just, <laughs> at that point, you just have a story for each one, or maybe something doesn't have a story, but you're an art collector on your body. I love it. A walking museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holding on to that that idea of henna, the ink, the intentions behind the ink seeping into you. I'm wondering, you as an artist, what is is the past tense of seeping sept? What has what has been seeping into you as you've been doing the work? What's really been seeping for me is the need for community, the need for us as humans to connect, um, us as humans to care for each other on a community level. That need is is almost like survival. You know, I can be here by myself, but if I'm with others and collaborating and creating like that's when these major waves of of change can happen you know where needs within the communities can be met because we're talking about it together body art bringing people together that's what we do yeah it's the best big thank you to sabrina huck you hit us with the cultural lessons the art philosophy and the community love yep that's what we're here for as someone who deals with both the long-lasting art and the art that's here today and gone tomorrow as well as someone going through their own personal transitions thank you we appreciate you taking some time and chopping it up with us you all can find sabrina's tattoo work on instagram at ritual by design tattoo and her henna work is at ritual by design Marisol Medina Cadena and Kiana Mogadam produced this episode. Susie Rocho and Kiana Mogadam edited this episode. Our production intern is Corey Antonio Rose. Our engineer is Seal Muller. Justin Ebrahimi and Rhea Garewal are the engagement specialists. Kiana Mogadam is the senior producer of podcast. KQED execs are David Marcus, Jin Chin, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. If you haven't already, check out the other episodes of this series, Permanent Behavior, Getting Tatted in the Bay. The grand finale is coming up next week. Stay locked in. Until then, y'all take care. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Funding for Right Nowish comes from Akhenati Foundation, supporting the development of powerful social change movements to eliminate structural racism. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.